Redeemer family, welcome to this week's Formation Moment. I've got Pastor Drew who just preached on 1 Corinthians, a little diversion from the usual gospel text this morning. But a good word, so if you haven't checked that out, please go and do so. And then come back to this conversation. And before we even jump into the sermon, you said something before the sermon, we'll call it the pre-sermon, where you talked about wrestling with this text. And just for those that like don't speak our pastor Christian lingo, what does that look like for you? Because I think that could be helpful for people, even in understanding the formation moment. What does it look like to wrestle with a text? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Good question. So when I am preparing for a sermon, that I the prayer each time is that I would grow in knowledge of the text. I would, you know, read a ton of um, commentaries on it, read it in different um, versions, like read the context, learn as much as I can about that text we're preaching on. But the second part of the prayer is that it would like like hit me uh, and like convict me in some way of either uh, sin, uh, sin that needs to be repented of or wrong thinking that I've had in the past. And for this text, like, it, like it doesn't always just to, you know, just to be clear, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes it you know, doesn't quite click and you, you got to roll anyway. I mean, the sermons, Sunday morning's coming. Uh, the train's coming back um, every Sunday morning. So, but that's the prayer. And this week in particular, it was just felt like, man, like, when was the last time I applied this text to my life? It was a yeah. question I kept asking myself over and over again. And it kept thinking, I was like, man, if the, if the church in America, like, gave this text as much of a spotlight as it does other parts of the scripture, what would this actually look like? Yeah. Like, how could this transform? And my mind just was racing in all sorts of directions. So it felt like, it, it honestly, sometimes it felt... it felt like at time at points this week I was like man this is I'm like reading a, a this for the first time ever uh, yeah. and not that we've we've read this before it comes up in the lectionary I'm reading it for the first time ever because the con- like our context in America right now this feels so foreign in a lot of ways yeah I think that's what's cool about the the scriptures generally right like I think about that scripture all the time like it's a live and breathing active word right and it uh has the ability to still talk to us thousands of years later about the very things that we're dealing with. And so, yeah, I just thought it would be helpful for people to understand that um, even as preachers or pastors, like we are not fully coming to a conclusion every single time we read a text either. We're still trying to, you know, work out our understanding of this as it relates to communicating something broadly. So um, thanks for sharing that part of your process with us. Um, But so let's talk about kind of the main points. One was, this idea of knowledge not superseding our compassion for others, which is like a massive idea, but to bring it down, what's just like a litmus test for someone where something that on a regular basis we can say like, am I doing that? Am I you know, not being compassionate towards others because I'm just trying to be right? Like what's the, what's the litmus test for us just as we're going through our life and our relationships? Yeah. I, mean, I think the first question you ask is like, what is my, so say in the situation you have a knowledge, knowledge that your uh, brother and sister in the, or sister in the faith does not have, and you're asking yourself the question, the question of do I correct them, do I share this with them, and your first question I think you ask yourself is what is my motivation for doing so? Mm. As, as it says here, like knowledge puffs up, and puffing 
when, when I'm affirmed, I love to feel affirmed, I love to walk into a room and be like, oh, I understand this better than so-and-so. It, it feels, in a sinful way, it feels great. And we have to ask ourselves, are we searching for that kind of feeling of being puffed up, or do we genuinely care and have concern for our brother and sister? And so we, we have, the, thankfully, the Bible is chocked full of passages that kind of are a litmus test for us or acts as a litmus test. And you think about the famous passage from 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does mm. not boast, it is not proud. I mean, it goes. Passage over the situation say, in light of this passage, how then should I act and respond? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so then that gets into more a little bit of the granular on the love and not to get in the weeds, but that's where I want to kind of stay for a minute. This idea of speaking the truth in love. I think all of us, uh, if you've been around the church any amount of time or if you know people, we've all seen examples of this going poorly, like either someone being shamed or um, someone being really hurt or even reluctant, I think, to engage with Christians or with Christ, right? Because um, of the way they've been treated by something. So give us a couple of tips for like speaking the truth in love well. What would that look like um, in our lives? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, I think we go into those situations with a heart, like praying ahead of time for wisdom and discernment. Mm. And we recognize in this pastors, like we, have, we thankfully have like experience with this and some training on how to do this well. Um, and not that we do it right every time, but when we walk into situations where it's like, I need to speak the truth and love to this person, I am first kind of gauging kind of where is this person and, and doesn't always change what I'm going to say, but it oftentimes will, will change how I communicate it. Uh, like, are they in, like, what wounds have they had in their past? What is the kind of deeper issue going on below the surface of this, you know, maybe they're acting out in sin, but maybe there's a deeper woundedness going on. For all of us, like, there's a, a, a correlation between our sinful activity and our lack of understanding of how much we are known and loved by the Lord. And so mm. how can we connect those dots and say, you know, you, you do correction on this because out of love for you, I, I don't want you to continue to go down this sinful road. So my job is to correct you, but how can I correct you while also speaking into your deeper need to understand how much the Lord cares for you and loves you? Because ultimately you're operating out of a lack or an abundance in that area. Yeah. And so it almost sounds like what I'm hearing kind of underneath that is the context of the relationship really matters. And so like personally, we can practice this idea of asking God for wisdom regularly or asking the Holy Spirit, like you direct this conversation. Those are personal practices. Um, but also from a formation standpoint, part of this is like being connected to others, right? Because if we're not connected to one another, then uh, we won't be able to speak the truth into each other's lives, like, or not well, right? Because we won't know those wounds or we won't know um, those traumas or those past things. And so that connection is important, which kind of leads into this, this other point that I want to talk about to kind of end us on this note. And there may be a few questions here, but I hear an undertone in the sermon of this idea that like, in America, you, you said America a few times, um, but I think what you're getting at is like, we are really individualistic in America. And so we disconnected from the text 
and what we're reading, we don't understand that like this is about working this out in community. So there's like these two things. So help us understand kind of some formation practices to move us from being like more individualistic uh, into being like more communal. Yeah, I do think that there is a direct correlation between like the church in America and our individualistic tendencies. And so you're dead on, like Paul is speaking to a particular church at a particular time and a particular issue that they are dealing with. And he is talking in why we, we love the breadth of scripture that we have. He's uh, uh, talking to that situation, applying wisdom to that situation. And if it's a different situation, say the church in Ephesus or say the church in Galatia, it may be different advice he gives them, still consistent with what is true, um, but different based on the context of that situation. And I think for us, we have got to remember how important it is to be communally connected to each other. And this is, and we are not, you know, anti social media. So don't don't hear me that like don't hear that from me. A lot of our staff is in, involved in social media. We have a Redeemer social media accounts. Like we are not morally opposed to it, but I do think that the deeper people get into their social media, being the community in their you know uh, way they communicate with people, the more disconnected they get with actually being involved in a community. Because there's things you can yeah. say to people online that you would never say and should never say uh, yeah. to people face to face. And what happens is there's a lack of accountability and a lack of, oh, I'm called to actually love this person at this point in time in this physical location. And that's where we work out our salvation amongst each other as a church. So I think that there's a shift that has to happen. And some of that, you know, and, and I don't, you know, we don't want to sound, you know, cultish here, but like, that's why membership is a big deal at Redeem. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. invite people into membership because we think it is important for us to be able to know here's the flock of of people brothers and sisters that we are called to care for but also looking at each other saying no i'm i'm called to live out all all those one another verses in the new testament Mm -hmm. i'm called to live those out for these people right here and i don't get along with all of them all the time or you know none of us do like there are people you disagree with politically or disagree with how you raise your kids or you know the ins and outs of uh, how you, your finances or whatever it is but you're called to lay down your life and be in unifying love together with them yeah that's good so i think as we kind of wrap i would just say the prayer for us this week is to be people who are open to hearing receiving god's wisdom speaking that to one another and being connected in community in real ways um, and all of that again as we kind of say each week on this takes time and so it's like making um, the agreement that you're going to take the time with people um, to have that patience and to pursue loving relationships with one another where we tell each other the truth um, in the context of our community and that will form us um, into people who are more Christ-like so thank you for taking time out and chatting with me Pastor Drew and thank you all for listening God bless you and have a good week